Welcome back to Cresta in the Afternoon. My name is Marcus Peter, filling in for Al Cresta as he goes about the work of administrative duties for Ave Maria radio station here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We just had Father Ed Broom to talk to us about the wonders of St. Joseph as his feast day is tomorrow. And then we had Meg Hunter Kilmer tell us about these five wondrous saints who celebrated all, all of their canonizations, the 400th anniversary of the canonizations, just last Saturday. For this segment, we invite David Bonagura to come over and talk to us about the hope of Lent. We're winding down the Lenten season of this year. Easter is officially less than a month away from today. And and if you are like many of our fellow brothers and sisters in the Catholic faith, we're feeling that Lent is slipping away from us. Well, David tells us about how to grasp the most that we can in the remaining days to be as saintly as possible, never as sanctified as possible during this remaining time in Lent. David teaches, David Bonagura teaches at St. Joseph's Seminary in New York. He is the author of Steadfast in Faith, Catholicism and the Challenges of Secularism, and Staying with the Catholic Church, Trusting God's Plan of Salvation. David, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thanks, Marcus. Good to talk to you. Likewise, likewise. Uh, so, you know, you, you published this thing on uh, March the 12th, on, on last Saturday, <coughs> on uh, the Catholic thing, and, and you called it the hope of Lent. And let's be honest, most Catholics going into Lent don't, don't really look at Lent and think, wow, that is a hopeful season. So, so why this title to begin with? Well, you're right. Uh, all of us, or most of us, myself included, sometimes approach Lent with a little bit of trepidation because it's hard, it's demanding. It causes sacrifice from us, and sacrifice hurts. It's meant to hurt, otherwise it wouldn't be a sacrifice. It's to make holy, to surrender something that we hold dear and give it to God. But there's a hope there. The hope is that in giving, in making this effort, in going through the pain that sacrifice requires, that in that moment, that's when God stoops down to pick us up. So it's not so much to... It, well, as important as it is, I don't want to misbe, uh, I don't want to speak here and say... What we do for Lent, our Lenten disciplines are not important. They certainly are, and following through with them is important. But it's when we feel weak in doing them, that's when we want when we want to surrender. That's really what Lent is all about. There's the hope, because it's at that point God comes in to pick us up. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want us to be like the Pharisee in the temple praying, "Oh look, Lord, look at all these great things I'm doing for Lent. What a great guy I am." <laughs> he wants us more like the publican. He says, Lord, I'm struggling through Lent. Please help carry me through. And that's where God meets us. That's where the real hope of Lent lies. Right. You know, I always consider that Pharisee the first Pelagian. Uh, <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> Sorry, that was a terrible joke. Uh, but now, you know, I, I've been going through salvation history and covenant theology with my students. I'm teaching sacred scripture right now. And it's amazing how, you know, Israel encounters and the covenant mediators encounter God for the first time. And as soon as they encounter God, they completely convert it. And therefore, they never sin again and they never deviate from from the covenants and from God's plan for salvation for them. I only wish that were true. But, you know, going back to what you said, that's the problem, right? We are so tempted to fall back on our personal strengths and, and our own capacities instead of depending on God. So, you know, comment to us about how salvation history has been beckoning us to this selflessness from the beginning. That's right. I mean, the, the whole of the Old Testament is a call to fidelity to God, and then a failure on our part, and God remaining faithful, and then us coming back. And that's where the, the prophets come in. They call us to repent 
and here we are in the time of the Church, in the time of the New Testament. We don't have the prophets, we have the New Testament, we have Jesus, and we have the season of Lent. It's the season of Lent that now functions as the Old Testament prophets did, calling us back from our wayward ways, calling us back from our laziness, calling us back from our sloth, and saying, hey, come to me. I'm wait- I, God, am waiting for you with open arms. Please come and make the effort. If you make the effort, I'm here to meet you, not just halfway, I'm here to carry you all the way. Talking with David Bonagura, who teaches at St. Joseph Seminary in New York. And we're talking about the hope and the wonders that we can receive from the Lenten season. So going back to that entire thing that you were telling us about, David, on on how when we depend on God, that's really the source of our hope. Because th- this really is a battle, isn't it? Lent is spiritual warfare. This is a battle for our souls and for the soul, arguably, of the entire church at large. This is spiritual warfare, and we are in the thick of it, and in Lent, the fighting is sometimes the most intense, isn't it? That's exactly right. That's why we begin every Lent, the first Sunday, in the desert with our Lord, fighting against the devil. That's the battle, right away. The devil throws down against us. He tries to tempt us. Here we are, a few days into Lent trying to do our best already to sacrifice. Maybe we're motivated, maybe we're reluctant participants, but nevertheless, we're there. And the first Sunday Lent reminds us that it's battle time, it's go time. Let's go. we got to fight the dead. He wants to trip us up. He wants us to, he wants to keep us from sacrificing during Lent because he knows that sacrifice is what makes us holy. And that's all he wants to do is keep us from that goal. So in so far as that we are ready and to fight, and even if we're whether we're ready or whether we're reluctant, our success in battle doesn't depend on us. It depends 100% on God's grace helping us, and we have to open ourselves to it, ask for it, and then we then we're armed and fully equipped for battle. And in this radical dependence of God, you know that that we depend on God so much that He is the one who provides us not only the armaments for battle, but He also gives us the strength and the power of the will to do so. But there's a real ascent of our intellect and will to Him. There's a there's a reality where God, we're, we're not just play things for God. He wants to, through non-competitive agency, work with us to tame our wills and bend our intellects to full ascent in him because he knows he's what's best for us. And he knows that deep down we know he's what's best for us. But but there's a reality where he wants us to cooperate in our salvation. Exactly. And that's those you know, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, those three weapons of Lent. The idea there is to empty ourselves of the things that fill our, fill our minds, fill our bodies, that occupy us and take our attention away from God. And by the goal is by emptying ourselves of those things, we can then fill them with God, fill them with devotion, fill them with prayer time. So if, let's say we give up you know, TV time during Lent. Well, we're, we've emptied ourselves of there, and the old expression, nature abhors a vacuum. Well, we need to then fill ourselves with something in its place. So if we empty ourselves of, of secular time, we want to fill it with sacred time, prayer, stations of the cross, the rosary. If we, when we empty ourselves of food, that, or when we empty ourselves of our own our, our money and give alms, that's when we're giving those acts of charity. So that's how, again, that's the, the battle of Lent regards to fighting against our own selfish tendencies so that we can then be ready. Once we're empty, we can be filled with God's grace when he comes for us. But again, we can't at Easter, but we can't have Easter without Good Friday. Amen. Amen. There's no sweetness to Easter if we don't go through the pain of the cross on Good Friday. 
But correct. I mean, David, let's let's also be honest, right? Every single one of us, we we fail in our Lenten commitments, and the first thing that happens is despair. You know, we see yeah. these signs of failure. We're, we're not achieving what we set out, and no one, no one likes not hitting a goal that we set. So we are, and and it's also uncomfortable. These are uncomfortable goals. So on the days that we fail, we we feel like we've really failed. So what are we to do then? That's that's the hope of Lent. That's when we we realize that we can't do it alone without God. So when we fail, we we end up. Let's say we watch the TV show that we said we weren't going to give up, or if we. We gave up swearing, and we ended up letting go a curse word or two. That's when we, we stop. We say a, an act of constriction. We express our sorrow. And then immediately we have to follow it with a prayer. So rather than give in to the tendency of despair, saying, oh, I stink at this. I fail. I'm going to give up. That's the way of Judas. We don't want to go that way. It's got to be, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me. I can't do this myself. That's the way of St. Peter. That's the way we want to go during Lent. We are going to fail going to happen and we need to accept that and and that's where god works at us best he doesn't want he doesn't want us to pre wants us to do works of uh, penance for lent but he doesn't want us to gloat in them he wants to he wants to fill us when we're weak that's why we sacrifice those things and so if we fail that's an we need to acknowledge our weakness and say lord here i am come scoop me up because i can't do this myself so in other words, we're not, we're not just failing for the sake of failing. That, that occasion of failure becomes a moment of prayer. But you also compel exactly. us to redirect the, the, the failure. And, and, and you know, just on a very practical level for our listeners today, just tell us what that looks like. A very simple prayer of, of one's own choosing, of one's own will. Of, it could be as simple as, Lord, help me. I stink at this. <laughs> just, leave it, just leave it just like that and let God come in and fill that space. You don't have to say anything more. Simple. God likes simple. God loves sincerity. God loves devotion. He loves effort. But he likes simple as well. Simple in the sense of sincerity, of giving our best, even you know, the, like the widow in the temple who just gives her two coins because that's all she's got. It's not a lot, but for, for her it was everything. That's what God asked for us. That little bit, that widow's might, with as much love and care and devotion that we could give it. And when we, we fail, it's just real simple. We have to make right away, say the prayer. Lord, I'm sorry, help me. Lord, I'm sorry, help me. Especially when we feel ourselves wallowing, because we all do it. It's natural. <laughs> right. Lord, I'm sorry, help me. Lord, I'm sorry, help me. Over and over again. Let that be our refrain for all of Lent. And... <clears throat> One one more thing that might be crucial for us to remember that you've mentioned before too, you know, that we we don't take on these penances for God. In fact, God gains nothing by our taking on these penances. We do them for themselves. We, we do, we're doing them for ourselves more. And, and you even say this, to prove to ourselves something. But ultimately, we're doing them for the love of God. So, you know, sh- share a little bit about that with us. Yeah, I mean, like as you said, God doesn't, you know, God isn't made better by the things that we do. He's not, he's not Zeus in the, in the Iliad or the Odyssey, <laughs> smelling the sacrifices and becoming pleased. He, he's certainly pleased when we do things. But we do, these, we do these sacrifices, certainly for him, he's our total motivation. But they also convince us, right? That every time we give up something for Lent, we remind ourselves that God is greater than every single thing that we see and every single thing that we desire with our flesh or with our, our fallen wills, with when we want power or when we want honors, God is greater than all those things. 
So we, again, we empty ourselves so that we can be filled with God's grace. And it's a, it's a battle, but it can be done. And it's, we have the, the witness of so many saints and so many martyrs before us to sacrifice. And, the, like, and it need not be grand sacrifice. We can think of St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. Mm-hmm. Do small things with great love. Amen. You know, the, the little way is what God wants. Amen. The little way, the simple way, is, is okay. We don't need to prove our—when we do those things, every single time, we're proving to ourselves that we love God, that He's more than everything that we can say. And that's the, that's the challenge of Lent. Can we show that God is more than all these things around us? Thank you so much, David. You know, uh, we're down to half a minute here, and the whole time we've been talk- talking, I've been thinking about Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine. You know, uh, when Paul has turned to God, and God tells him, "My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. My strength is greatest in your weakness." So we're down to less than thirty seconds. Do you have a final Lenten exhortation as we run this final stretch to Easter? Yes. Keep working. Keep praying. God is there. God is good. God wants you to persevere. He wants me to persevere. So let's do it, and let's pray for each other, however where we are separated all over this country, all Catholics, <laughs> trying to do our best to follow the Lord to Good Friday and to Easter. Amen. God bless you, brother. That was David G. Bonagura, who teaches at St. Joseph Seminary. Look out for his book, Steadfast in Faith, and Staying with the Catholic Church, Trusting God's Plan of Salvation. Stay tuned as we continue to have conversations of consequence here on Crest in the Afternoon.